1: Time To get back into the underdog draft streets here on Road of His Overtime, myself and Sean Siegel are going to be drafting today and the BBM four as we try and take down Sean at this point in time. What is the prizes we're looking to get in January here?
2: Three million, three million dollars column. And for anyone who hasn't checked it out yet, as you listen to the pod today, Bjorn Yang Barnett dropped a fantastic article about. Stacking and some of the mistakes people make some of the ways in which it may not work and how you might be torpedoing your team by trying to force specific Elements in parts of the draft or specific players specific quarterback types where it's really not helping you So I didn't think there was a better way to promote that without giving away the really awesome stuff in that article other than doing a draft today Column, it looks like as we come up here, we have the 102. That's a really fun spot with the shot, usually at Jamar Chase. And I mean, this is the perfect time to mention that if folks want to join us over at Underdog, they can get a 100% deposit match up to $100 using the coupon code Rotoviz. Column, I like that code. It's easy for me to remember there. And I mean, I'm I'm fired up. We've taken a couple weeks off from drafting. You've been on vacation. I had a lot of fun with our shows last week, and now we're going to take our shot here for the $3 million. Also, I just think that regular season crown is also really, really cool. King Cap took it down last year. We're going to try and take it down this year. Colin, my understanding is that they've increased the regular season prizes, but part of that is moving the top prize down to half a million. If we had to settle for and split half a million dollars, that would probably be all right.
1: I think we'd still be okay. We'll, we'll not get... Too caught up, but hopefully this team today, Sean, can go and make a shot at it. Justin Jefferson goes first. I think, Sean, you mentioned already. I think Jamar Chase is the the way to go here with that second pick. It's not always that you're going to be in those first two slots to have an opportunity to get Jefferson or Chase. And I think when you are in one or two, I think it really is imperative that you do that. Cooper Cup goes in the third spot here. We do sometimes see Christian McCaffrey, for example, slide a little bit. Tyreek Hill goes and then Christian McCaffrey goes at the fifth spot so you do see that happening but I I don't see it happening as much the other way where you're getting a shot at Jefferson or Chase after the one or two so in those spots for you is there any conversation it just has to be one of those two guys I think that it does
2: you're going to get more opportunities to put together those Cup and Hill teams I don't know that Cup and Hill are necessarily a big step back Jefferson Cup you could argue are a little bit more difficult to build some of the correlation plays in where you like the other side of it. I mean, you can obviously just go after these plays by drafting guys from the opposite team. And I know that some drafters like to do that. We obviously have a player on the green Bay Packers who has that week 17 game with Minnesota that we like a lot. But as I'm looking right from the beginning of drafts. I'm trying to figure out ways where I can make a selection in the first couple of rounds that dovetails very nicely with other, not just players who are out there, but premium targets later in the draft, trying to set up as much week 17 and also week 16, which I think can be an undervalued play, but to do it almost exclusively through guys that we're trying to get heavy exposure to anyway. And so There are some other minor considerations like that, but I do think that Jefferson and Chase, with what they've done through the first several years, with the youth, with the upside, with the situation in those offenses, I mean, they're so clean. With Cup, you have the potential elements with either his body or Matthew Stafford's. With Tyreek Hill, maybe you've got a little bit off the field concern and certainly Tua's health. Christian McCaffrey, also fits in there. You want to make sure you're getting some shares to him. I think that that top five and arguably top six with Travis Kelsey is a pretty clear tier above everyone else. I've selected B. John Robinson anywhere from the 107 to 15th overall. You're getting the 107 to that 15th pick as being another general tier.
1: Then when we move in, Sean, you mentioned Bjorn's article. We might not get into it this early, but we are going to talk about some of the potential stacking options as we go through this podcast. I might get to give a, a preview of it as we, we look into potential options with the likes of potentially even a T. Higgins here at the back of this round may start to open that up. There is also a number of very interesting running backs that go in this range. And we talked on a few shows that you know, having that draft slot maybe at the 104 while it's not going to allow you to go ahead and get chaser jefferson that is going to allow you those few extra picks at the back of that second round as you mentioned that extra tier sometimes you'll get those guys that slide the rest of the way back to you so as we sit here Jalen waddle i'm ross st brown chris olavi jonathan taylor are the last four selections we are kind of going as you would expect by adp we have saquon barkley in the queue patrick mahomes is a potential option as a an opposite side of that jamar chase game in week 17 t higgins and Devontae smith we do see Saquon Barkley going off the board after Jonathan Taylor so Sean we're three picks away what are you thinking here obviously it's the range where we see somebody like a Brees Hall Stevenson I think in this draft it's, it's leading into that wide receiver avalanche so I think it's a, a T Higgins or Devontae Smith pick here when it, when it gets back to us
2: yeah so we are now on the clock we have an option of both of those players we do probably want to take a receiver Patrick Mahomes is already gone so you can't play the other side of that game Colin do you have a preference
1: my preference is T Higgins, unless you're going to tell me that Bjornis and not to draft T Higgins, which March Chase here.
2: Now, so we will go with Chase and Higgins together. That also gives us at least the possibility of getting Joe Burrow at a little bit of a discount to where he normally goes. Colin, as we wrap back around, it is interesting that Patrick Mahomes is gone. He is passed on by the Travis Kelsey drafter, but the Christian McCaffrey drafter does take him we get a Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts double at the turn. I don't think that that pick is surprising. Who are you looking at as we wrap back around into the third? For me, it's probably pretty clear.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at Stevenson or Hall most likely here. The next kind of option, if you're looking at wide receiver, you're starting to get down to Keaton Allen, who's usually a player going at more towards the the mid to back end of this third round. So yeah, I think Stevenson makes sense. So we have taken Stevenson. Sean, uh, Sean, was, <laughs> this is the advantage uh, for people who are listening in the audio format here. Sean pulls up the draft board while we're on the clock, makes the the conversation happen, adds Stevenson with a star to the queue, and says that we, you know, it's a pretty obvious decision. So that decision had been made. I would be interested to see if I had to say that I wanted an additional option, but no, I do think that that's the play. It, it can be tricky in some of these drafts to not want to continue to add those wide receivers, but that two three turn there is a couple of players and that i'm willing to detour for those are saquon barkley or taylor if they would slide to you the other one then is is Brees hall and stevenson so happy with what we have there i see as we have continued to draft with the 307 uh Brees hall yet to be drafted i think there's gonna be an interesting value here somebody who we may touch on as we go through deandre hopkins goes in this range we'll see how his adp starts to get affected by signing with the titans and we'll see how the rest of the draft of that roster goes at this particular point derrick henry did go at the 306 we have a little bit of time sean before we do get back to our next selections in the fourth and fifth rounds with us now having jamar chase and t higgins might be a, a good opportunity to you know have a little bit of a conversation through uh bjorn's article up on rotoviz.com again if you want to sign up over at rotoviz you can do so and use the code rb radio 2023 at checkout save yourself 10% off a one-year NFL pass we are into a stacking conversation here already we will look to see what might happen with Joe Burrow we're in a situation in this draft where quarterbacks are going off the board kind of as you would expect but we have Mahomes, Hurts, Allen and Lamar Jackson all gone at this particular point so we're starting to get into an area where even though people may not be looking to stack with Joe Burrow, he may be in play just for a team looking to get one of those higher-end quarterbacks. So what are your thoughts on on what we should be doing here and maybe some of the downsides of trying to stack with those high-end wide receivers, trying to to fit it in with those elite elite, uh, quarterback options?
2: I think the really interesting dynamic that we're seeing right now is that we do get the elite guys falling at times, and especially Josh Allen is really plunging as drafters are perhaps trying to figure out how to play him. You don't get Patrick Mahomes coming back past Travis Kelsey hardly ever, and you often have him being drafted by the Travis Kelsey drafter in round two in order to make sure you get that, because he doesn't often come back to that pick either. The other element there is that you get Devontae Smith, and then the Jalen Hurts drafter is usually not going to pass him. And as a result of that, you have Hertz ADP kind of locked into this range that is in the late to early three. Whereas because of where Stefan Diggs is located, you're often seeing Josh Allen fall. And then someone in the middle of the third round has to make that decision. And one of the interesting things in Bjorn's article talks about the really late guys and how they work in, in terms of stacking with the quarterback first and then trying to fill that out one of the things that i wrote about at length in my articles on hyper fragile plus elite qb was this idea that we wanted to have a wide receiver an elite qb and then the three running backs in some mix in those first five rounds because to draft that elite quarterback you really need to get the superstar with him the interesting dynamic with allen is that you often have someone who just can't resist pulling the trigger. But then you have teams that have a lot of work to do and or just don't work very well as that dynamic then plays out throughout the course of the draft. So Colin, we'll get back to that question a little bit as we go through. We're one pick away now at the 411. ETN, Walker, Hawkinson, Godwin. (laughs) Burrow does go one spot ahead of us there. So again, you have a team that can't resist making a move that doesn't make any sense for them so where do you want to go here
1: i'm for hawkinson or godwin here and i also like in jigba so i'm good if you want to go with hawkinson and, and see which wide receiver comes back i'm good to are you happy to go with hawkinson
2: yeah yeah hawkinson is certainly an option there i think that the draft is giving us so much value at running back that I mean, ETN at the 411, I don't know for me that the early tight ends are making a huge difference in this format compared to some other things that you can do. But we do know that in the playoffs, they can really jump out there and essentially take an entire group of teams through a round or then place them up high in the finals. And so Hawkinson gives us a little bit of that trump card we'll pass on Walker as well, and get the other player that you mentioned there. So we now have Chase Higgins, Godwin. So the point that I mentioned there is that we now have this team that has taken Joe Burrow early and taking him above what the real value is. These quarterbacks are overvalued unless you get them with their receivers. So when you take Joe Burrow. I'm I'm vastly overvalued. Right. So when you take Joe Burrow, who is a non-Russian quarterback at 4'10", when you don't have the receiving weapons so it's, it's just...
1: a it's a cup andrews josh jacobs borrow team and i believe they have taken a quarterback in, in round five as well if you if you scroll down and
2: so justin they've taken herbert justin
1: there. herbert so you know there's a lot of things but they're obviously suboptimal moves which in this case may hurt us because i think if borrows available the first question to you would be do we take borrow i think we we probably do um and then so it's it's I guess it's hurting his team, but it's also hurting our team. But it's very uh, suboptimal from what he's trying to do with his draft plan, I think.
2: Right. And so the areas where you want to kind of block other drafters would be if you are the Travis Kelsey drafter. So it would make a little bit more sense for the Travis Kelsey drafter to have looked at Burrow in round four. So when we think through some of the mistakes here, we have the Travis Kelsey drafter actually takes Josh Allen in round three, which is a poor pick for him because even Josh Allen is overvalued at that spot if you don't have the elite weapon with him. Now, is there a chance that Gabe Davis will come through and have a big season? Yes, and is there a chance that you can get the team through without that and just simply have a Josh Allen and Gabe Davis in week 16 or week 17? There is, and yet when you start this draft with Travis Kelsey and Jonathan Taylor, You've got two fantastic picks, but you also don't have the wide receiver power, firepower that you need overall. And so selecting a QB right there is sort of a dagger for you. Then you come back and in round four, you would have had the week 17 opposite QB that would have been a, an excellent pick in that build. And you go in a different direction and take a wide receiver who is probably overvalued. Now, Christian Watson, a lot of upside, but you are getting all of the risk of Jordan Love with Watson, whereas if you tack other Green Bay Packers later, then you can mitigate that at least to an extent. So when we think about this, both of these drafters have made some mistakes. The times when you would block an opponent would be if you have the opposite side, you're close to them, you can keep them from getting their stack, but it also helps you. You're one of 12 teams and your main course is not to try and knock down any other individual teams in your draft. It's to try and create the best possible team you can for yourself certainly the double elite QB early is going to be pretty devastating in most seasons when you're looking at the overall value of your squad. And the big problem with Joe Burrow is there's nobody that you're going to be able to then fill back in with him. And if you're going Joe Burrow and Irv Smith, again, I mean, is there a small chance that that could work? There is, but I mean, you're drawing to some very unlikely and suboptimal types of outcomes when you set your team up in that fashion.
1: You are, and Sean, one thing I'm very intrigued by, we're one pick away. I mentioned Smith and Jigba at the last pick. He continues to be a potential available option for him. He does make it true. I have him, uh, Traylon Borks is in this range, and, and Pickens. so it'll be Pickens and, and Jigba for me, but I think JSN, based on... I would have willingly taken him in the last round. Um, so we do take him. After we do our next pick, Sean, I'll get some of your thoughts on what we did at that last turn and how the draft has played out since. We have seen Cade Pitts and Goddard. And George Kittle all go off the board. So that would have wiped out kind of that potential elite option. But you mentioned them potentially having that extra expense. We are back on the clock. DeAndre Swift, Sean would be an option here. George Peckins, Trevor Lawrence is there by quarterback ADP and Traylon Barks. Have you a preference here? Uh, if I was solo drafting here, for me, it would be Pickens
2: or, or Swift. Yeah, it's always hard to pass on Swift. I do think that he is the best pick in drafts right now purely in terms of his ADP versus what the potential upside is. I like passing on Burks here to kind of see where he's going to go. One of the things that I think is kind of interesting, right, is that you have Burks, who was a fantastic prospect and is generating rave reviews this offseason. Now, he didn't play particularly well last year, but they had a lot of quarterback troubles, and he wasn't healthy. One of the things that you do see is that early wide receiver selections who don't look good as rookies. The track record is actually terrible for them then bouncing back and actually going on to great careers. I think that Burks was in a unique enough situation that while we want to be skeptical and even before the DeAndre Hopkins signing the price on Burks, when you consider what he was as a prospect and how there was no other target competition, the price was extremely skeptical, right? You can say, I mean, there was enthusiasm that pushed him at times, but even with that, I mean, there's a a ton of skepticism built in. When you look at the situation now and you have Burks with DeAndre Hopkins to draw coverage, and so especially in the first half of the season, we're likely to see the defense try and take Hopkins away. They still don't have a lot of other peripheral targets. And so that passing game is likely to be those two guys. Burks is younger he is more physically dominant, he doesn't have all of these personality issues that DeAndre Hopkins has run into now at multiple stops where his coaches, and at least in some cases seems like teammates, don't like him, not necessarily a hard worker in it for himself. You know, he had this element here was, is he going to take the money or is he going to go for a ring? And People are like, well, it's DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's going to take the money, right? (laughs) Whatever money that he can get. Sean's
1: putting DeAndre Hopkins down in flames here. Keep
2: going, Sean. Well, I mean, his his the way that he approached the situation, number one with the Texans, but then number two with the Cardinals, was very poor. And the more that comes out of that... And these are teams that got rid of him. And so uh, you have to consider his point of view on it as well. But I don't know that this hurts Burks at all. And it'll be interesting to see where he finishes i shouldn't say at all there are scenarios in which this could hurt him quite a bit but there are also scenarios that help him or are meaningless in terms of the way that it affects him and with hopkins you have personality and age someone who was almost certainly caught cheating you have cliff elements with hopkins whereas with burks you have this rising potential star who again has to overcome how poorly he performed as a rookie that dynamic between the two of them with the risks that are embedded in their respective profiles is just a lot of fun. And so I can't wait to see how that team attacks this season. The Titans have a lot of talent. And so if this move kind of pushes them over the top, it could be pretty cool to watch Tennessee in 2023.
1: Yeah, I think it could be very interesting to see what it does for the team. I think it's a very smart, although you named out a number of issues that kind of come along with Hopkins i think it's a very smart move by the the titans if they feel maybe that they are closer to being in a, a window to get into the playoffs have a chance at a, a championship it's a smarter move from their side so we'll see what happens now as we move forward a couple of players sean i would have been interested have gone off the the board since we last picked um trail on who you were talking about there did go just right at adp two picks after us uh since that and the last couple of picks we have seen in there was another one quentin johnson has just gone off the board james cook was somebody who i would have been interested in um javante williams went off the board so there's a lot of names so we're back up on the clock Brandon cook's probably standing out sean from the wide receiver side of things there is kind of a, a big tier of running backs after this point that we would be kind of looking at how do you feel here evan ingram an option at tight end as well but i'm probably looking at cooks and then seeing what options arrive back to us how do you feel about that penny the other option that would be there if you wanted to go with penny but i think penny comes back as well
2: Well, one of the things that we can grab here is a little bit of an ADP value. We're putting together a variety of ADP values on this team to balance out a few of the reaches that we did, that we made early, right? So we get an 11 pick value here on Cooks. I'm not necessarily in on Cooks, but there are scenarios where he just absolutely crushes in that Dallas offense. I think that that part of it is kind of interesting. Colin, you had mentioned Penny. Anybody that we take at the running back position is going to be a little bit of a reach. We could go with Antonio Gibson at running back. Who are you looking at?
1: You've added Gibson to the queue. That might have been up my decision, but I think P. Ryan or Penny would be the way I would go. Okay, So we will
2: take P. Ryan a little bit early here. Obviously he's not going to come back to us. He is the running back that we really like in terms of that combination of floor and ceiling column. I've been drafting a lot of Javante Williams as well. I think that either the Williams teams or the P Ryan teams are going to have fantastic seasons and possibly both. We were in a little bit of a situation there where, I mean, you can hold yourself accountable to ADP you can take Antonio Gibson there are some scenarios where he does work we might be looking at a quarterback from that team later and yet I mean the situation for Pete Ryan does seem better than the situation for Gibson that
1: that was the one thing that was kind of pulling me towards potentially going with Gibson as people will know the Sam Howell element Sean something that we talk about sometimes is you know not just having you know linkers on for certain players certain teams but any drafts that i am doing recently you know the likes of howell curtis samuel both running backs and brian robinson or, or gibson usually the second one last, and you know on the draft board i find it very hard to turn away from those then even getting into logan thomas and those later around so i am kind of trying to limit some of the the exposure to washington as much as i like them i, I feel like the drafts i've done over the last you know two to three weeks have been <laughs> heavily influenced by the Washington football team. So um, I know we're a long way away from the season. I know that those ADPs based on expectation now could increase with positive uh, camp reports and so on. But um, should we be trying to limit our exposure to to Washington?
2: Uh, Yes and no. Washington is one of the teams that sets up very nicely in a variety of ways with other players that you're going to want. I mean, they have that week 17 game with the 49ers and all three 49ers are relatively expensive when you think about some of the downsides, some of the competition for targets, and yet when you're talking about three players of the level of Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, you're also getting prices that allow you to actually take them. Those guys are not going in the first two rounds. You have a mix of spots throughout the draft after that that you can put them into, and so from that perspective, It's hard not to play those teams. It's the same kind of situation with the Seahawks and the Steelers. And even though we went and talked about Traylon Burks, that was the situation with JSN and Pickens there, is that you create a situation where you have two different quarterbacks that you can target later. You're playing that week 17 game that could turn into a shootout. You have players from those teams at interesting prices. Colin, we got JSN at a discount to ADP. I think that he's going to continue to fall. I have an article actually just about to come out on that dynamic, looking at why we want JSN. I actually drafted against the specific participant who is in the 101 last night, and he or she took JSN at the turn. So I didn't think that, and every draft is different. He's going to have some different options in this draft, but I was thinking that JSN probably doesn't come through there, especially after he's already below ADP. I don't know if that will be, a closing line value, but I'm just going to go ahead and take JSN all the way through these drafts at the various prices. And then if he does what we think will profit if we're wrong, you're you're wrong sort of either way. I'm not too worried about the price when you're talking about rounds five, six, seven with him column, we're two picks away. Who are you looking at in this range here? A couple of quarterbacks toward the top of the board, Pat Friermuth, uh,
1: I was looking at two players, Sean, and they were Brian Robinson and Pat If They've both gone off the board here. So you can you can pivot to let me know. You mentioned potential other options for stackings. You know, Smith goes in this range. Um, have you a strong preference here? Those were my two names. I was hoping that one of them would get back to us. They didn't.
2: Yeah, I would have really liked to have taken Fryer move right there. He was well below ADP. He would have fit nicely with our pittsburgh seattle week 17 game stack that we're building. Gino is a little bit below ADP there. We could almost certainly have let him go through, but because there is not another clear option right here, we go ahead and select him. Cousins and Rondell Moore come off the board. We're now 18 picks below ADP on Anthony Richardson. I think he starts to be interesting at that price.
1: It's a little bit tricky here. Sean has got to a a flat zone with those two players going. I wouldn't be against Myers or Zay Jones if you want to take another wide receiver. Um, Six seconds left. The pressure is on for Sean to make the selection. He's going to auto-draft Richardson. I think that's the case here. Is that what we did? Yeah, we did. Was that what you wanted?
2: (laughs) So I think that Zay was the other interesting possibility. We'll go ahead and put those two window QBs together. Colin, we've discussed Richardson at length on the podcast and explained why there are some significant concerns and it's interesting now and, and drafters have to respond to news it's it's not like oh you know now we finally get some news that he may not start and people are reassessing where they are with it i mean sort of the the one-off comments from the owner don't i mean they shouldn't influence where you were on this qb in a huge way this is a guy who was not a good player in college and to ask him to outperform instantly on nfl practices in the offseason i mean that would be absurd right I mean, if he did that then you would start to think okay well maybe he is around seven round eight kind of guy because if he's going to make that kind of jump in the initial practices for the indianapolis colts then you're suddenly talking about a player who has all of those elements that you want i mean the most likely scenario with Richardson is that he doesn't start at the beginning of the season and following that he struggles and yet when the range of outcomes are so wide when there is no one else interesting in that range and when he does bring that rushing value and he brings end of the season value I think that if you get a good price on him and you can pick him in an area that was totally flat i mean zay jones would have been interesting i don't think that there is anybody who justified a pick there at any of the other positions you always hate when that happens but those are the points in a draft where i like to make these digressions and take somebody who i don't otherwise have i'm going to still end up with very limited exposure to those players but i want to take those opportunities as opposed to force myself to take them in drafts where it doesn't make sense, right? You don't want to be in drafts where everything is kind of coming into place perfectly and then saying, well, I'm pretty low exposure here. I'm really high exposure here. I want to balance my exposures. Don't break your teams by thinking about it that way. Instead, balance your exposures a little bit when you have a completely dead area.
1: Yeah, so it'll be interesting as we get through, Sean. I know we'll do a recap after we finish this up. And we uh, that was a point there where when you were going through, you know, talking about what the options were, the two options were the two picks that go in front of us so that's a little bit disappointing but and it's interesting to get Anthony Richardson there we'll see if we can pair anything things up as we go through the rest of the draft we're about six selections away at this point Myers went after our selection then Herbert, Zay Jones, Jared Goff, Jamal Williams, Conquo, Greg Dolces Rogers, Wilson we've seen a little bit of a quarterback tier here with Elijah Mitchell then Van Jefferson, Jalen Warren, Darnell Mooney, Roshan Johnson, Derek Carr, Michael Gallup then we're Back to waiting for four selections before we are up, Sean. Who are some of the the targets here? We we had some options at tight end at that last pick. You know, we had Kincaid, Schultz, Kamat as potential options. Kendry Millers there at running back. They have all lasted through to this point in selection, so they're all just slightly beyond ADP at this particular point. Any of those standing out as as
2: options? You know, we're talking about potential values. Kincaid is interesting. I don't know that he fits this particular team in a way that differentiates him. I think that Rasheed Rice starts to be interesting at this turn. I think Kendra Miller is interesting here on a team where we just have Ramondre Stevenson and Samashi P. Ryan. I would probably go Miller. Is that? let Yep.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: I think it also gives us some options coming back. There is a, a huge tight end here, tier here, Shauna. Sam Laporte is also in the range here, um, which would be interesting. But I think Rasheed Rice is probably the, the standout at wide receiver. Hubbard then maybe is a, a running back. Um, at the moment, we are at six wide receivers, so there's still no room to put in Rice if we wanted to do that. If you want to go with Hubbard, it would be a bit of, quite a bit ahead of ADP. Maybe he makes it back to us race also fits and we we obviously didn't get the borrow element of that but we can now hopefully as the season goes on we'll see Rice have a successful season with Kansas City that would lead us to you know have, have three potentially of the, the top four let's say pass catching options and that week 17 game so that could be an interesting way to
2: stack up the game without having the quarterback option and that's a really good point the part that I like about that is that it gives us this possibility for winning through that game while we get the trump card from some of the other players. So one of the things that you're trying to do in these drafts is to set up these Week 17 shootouts and set up the quarterback option. Now, when you go for a team like the Bengals, especially if you go for a couple of the guys early and you miss on the QB, then you're going to have some disappointment. And yet, that doesn't mean that can't still be a winning play. I don't necessarily like to build the week... 17 element early with quarterbacks that I definitely know I'm not going to get. And yet, one of the things that we are always doing in that round, we're really right from the beginning, but in that round three through eight range is to build a variety of potential scenarios so that you can't get locked out or that your chances of getting locked out are very, very low. And then you can have some games where you have the week 16, 17 game stack with your quarterback. And at the same time, you'll have a secondary game where you have elite players playing opposite each other in that particular game. And so now you have multiple teams covered, you have multiple games covered, and you've done it in a way where you're not creating multiple large reaches and giving away a lot of ADP value in order to get your plan accomplished. One of the things that we often do here and talk about not getting locked out is that we usually take the picket portion of the quarterback play as opposed to Smith because it's so much less expensive and it allows you to take another impact player at the spot where Geno goes. But again, in this draft, we got Geno at a price that was fine and we didn't have another play there. And so that's when you would put the Geno portion of it in as opposed to forcing Geno. So even though there have been some flat areas of this draft where, I mean, you didn't have an exciting player to take, which is what we normally want to do, the draft still works out nicely and lets us accomplish some secondary objectives.
1: Yeah, and as we are now 10 picks away, it's probably early to discuss into the players because they're probably not going to be there when it gets to ours. But there's two players that I kind of had considered at that last pick. So I'm hoping that they might last back through to us. One of them was Laporta. The other one being Chuba Hubbard. Neither have gone off the board since our last pick. We've seen more quarterbacks go off the board. Kyler Murray. Then we see Jordan Love. Then we see uh, the option of Matthew Stafford. So we're seeing some of the quarterbacks. The other question, Sean, I was going to have for you is when we took Anthony Richardson. Geno Smith obviously being the other option. Is this for you now moving into a three-quarterback build with Richardson being in there, the uncertainty around the potential starting at the start of the season? Are you happy to take him as your second quarterback and him for the upside you know, as the season progresses?
2: I think when you take the two quarterbacks in the window, then you're mostly thinking about it as a two QB team, but you want to keep that other option open. The problem with that is that we don't have a lot of other quarterback options that really fit nicely into this particular team and because we've taken so many wide receivers early and because we took a couple of quarterbacks earlier than we have in a lot of drafts and so our running back room is very weak compared to our usual rosters we're going to need to add a lot of volume at running back and so this probably looks like a two qb and a two tight end team because we took hawkinson early we could end up with a two seven seven two build, but again, I do think there's a, enough flexibility that if we want to go in a different direction, if we have the perfect player to go in a different direction later, we can definitely still do that.
1: Yeah, and one of the options, if we had a, we did we did miss out um, on you know the the double stack sometimes that we like to do off the the Steelers, Kenny Pickett's in this range, but we'll be passing on him here. So for me, it's uh, Laporte and Hubbard will be my two preferences. Other running backs in this range we're into raheem mostert jeff wilson the miami backs have you a preference here i see we have laporta in the queue i think you know we can just uh you know we have tj hawkinson who's a week 13 by that would allow us to have a two tight end build with a week nine by then for for laporta how do you feel about that selection before we go running back in the next round i know you mentioned it's a, a weakness for it at the moment
2: i think that this i think that laporta is the pick here we do get him A couple spots below ADP as opposed to I have a lot of exposure to him ahead of ADP we make that pick we're looking at the different running back options Chuba probably doesn't come back and so if we want him we probably want to select him here I mean not a great value although we're into the range where that matters a lot less Mm -hmm. the two Miami backs are interesting but they could still get hit by another back in addition to having a chain ahead of them it's early for Ford it's early for Brown what
1: do you think, Chuba? Yeah, Chuba. is the one. Again, there's some players here, and it's nice when the draft falls like this, but he was somebody we discussed at the last pick, which would have been vastly ahead of ADP. Um, so when you wait those kind of 24 picks and he, he makes it back along with the other player who you have mentioned, I'm very happy with how that last turn has, has worked out for us now to be able to add both Hubbard and also slot him in alongside Sam Laporta. So again, the question I asked about the quarterbacks and you mentioned you know a possible two running back or two tight end build here as well i'm happy to roll with the rookie and hawkinson um are you happy to to go ahead with that as a two tight end option unless something really uh perfectly happens first later in the draft
2: yeah the running back options that we're going to get i don't think we're going to be that excited about we're still a little bit early we went through a little bit of a stretch there where the running back options at the end of drafts were both dynamic, appeared to have some opportunity and still priced in a way that you could have some enthusiasm for them. When you're getting into round 17 and round 18 at this point, a lot of those guys, even the ones that already have very narrow paths are gone. And so if we don't have A legitimate running back option in the last round i don't think we should simply throw picks away at that position so that puts us back to also considering quarterback and tight end kenny pickett has been a massive faller in the drafts that i've done recently we can still pick him up and play the week 17 game in both directions there we're also going to have some tight end options really late who are at least vaguely interesting our guy trey mcbride is obviously there at the end in almost every draft. You can have no advance. F- free Derek
1: Hen- or free Der- uh, Hunter Henry, whenever you want him as well.
2: <laughs> free Hunter Henry, as you mentioned. He's a good selection. That's the reason I, I really have a hard time with Hawkinson, even though Hawkinson mm. is one of my favorite guys. It's just that drafts right now are giving you round 17, round 18 tight end that are very clear plays. I don't think that's really the case at the other positions. Now, we do like the very late QBs, we know that the history and the evidence suggests that the really late QBs don't work. And so, although we're actually playing that pretty heavily, we do want to look for opportunities to play it, (laughs) not through those guys, as you mentioned. Do we want to be careful about the Sam Howell exposure? The answer, I think, is yes and no. And so, we have a team here where we have made the play through Smith and Richardson I think if we really like the quarterback late, we can still make that pick because, I mean, there's a pretty good chance that the first six, seven weeks of the season, you're actually playing just Geno Smith when you select Anthony Richardson. That was kind of a fun pick. I don't know, even with the rationale for it, I don't know that it was the best pick. We'll see sort of how that part of it develops. The other thing here, as we look at the Cincinnati side. One of the reasons why I like the Cincinnati play with some of their guys that we got is that they have Pittsburgh in week 16. So you have that particular game stack that we're playing through. And then when we look at the other side of that game and we have just a little bit there with Rasheed Rice, when we're looking at Mayer in the last round, that part is a little bit interesting to me because they have the Colts in that last round or that last week of the season. So, some fun ways to play it with really deep guys. We get back to this point, Colin, where pick 191. Jeff Wilson goes one pick ahead of us. Uh, the drafter right next to us has been taking a lot of our targets. Early didn't make sense. Most of the rest of his picks have been fantastic. They were ADP values. And so, vacuuming those guys up is very understandable. I've just been talking. <laughs> Got five seconds. Who do you like?
1: You make the pick, you've been talking. We can talk through it after. Sean makes the right pick, he takes Chase Brown. Um for me, uh, Pierre Strong was the other running back in this range, but because we have taken Stevenson, um, you know, any tiebreakers that want to push me the other direction. We are back and Pierre Strong still available, Sean. I think I would lean into tight end here, but it's
2: And what tight end would you like?
1: And the other option is sorry, fifteen seconds left. We do have some off our quarterback options, but I, I think we'll, will we go here with uh, Michael Mayer for that week 17 that you mentioned. Those tie up with uh, Hawkinson's bye week but we'll have uh, by week 13, we'll have Sam Laporta firing on all cylinders.
2: And when we think about closing ADPs, Mayer for me is a player who could absolutely skyrocket because I mean, before you get all of the enthusiasm about Kincaid and Laporta and how athletic they are and how they're going to be used in a variety of ways and they're going to be these early impact tight ends, you're going to get the receiving value from them. I mean, we had had Pat on the show and had an absolute blast with him going through all of the prospects in great detail. And one of the things that everybody kept coming back to is just Michael Mayer was a fantastic tight end prospect we were saying that we were a little bit skeptical because of the athleticism. I think that we've gone to the point where that has been overplayed now. I think so. And when you look at the Raiders, I've actually got a pretty decent amount of Jacoby Meyer, Myers, not in terms of him being a target, but as Myers being a guy that you can actually select at a spot where there aren't other wide receivers who are going to interest you. And so I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he's an undervalued player. Obviously, he fits into what Josh McDaniels wants to do. And yet, when you look at the frustration that Devontae Adams has had, when you look at the situation there with them not being able to use Renfro effectively last year, I think that Mayer has a chance to be one of the real sleepers in 2023. I don't have a ton yet. I think it almost is a position where once he rises, it's probably still going to be from round 18 into rounds 15, 16, 17. Once you feel a little bit more comfortable, then it's still fine to make that selection. But I do like what he gives drafters from a late price there at the tight end position.
1: Yeah, and he was somebody who like we we can like Laporta that a little bit more with some conversations around Kincaid, the tree of those, and how we would rank those in Dynasty, for example. But I do feel like the opportunity will be there immediately for Myers the the actual competition for targets. You know, out to the, you know we know uh, Devontae Adams is going to get his targets, but then you have Myers. Then you're probably looking at the third option there, being Meyer himself. So I think it's uh, or mayor I think it's gonna be very interesting. We are Sean three picks away from our last selection. Um we are currently sitting at a two five seven three build. There is some running backs that could fit in here with you know a Banacanda, maybe even Zach Evans. Have you any of these guys that you're people are always interested in who's Sean looking to pick up here in the last round? Evans does go off the board. Um you also have Ritter in the queue, Hunter Henry. I think we can skip probably tight end at this point, but um probably feels like a running back pick rounds out the roster best, but if there's nobody we want, we could pivot to, to Ritter. Have you any of these guys that you're,
2: you're actively targeting, I guess we'll say, in the last round or two? Dwayne McBride is really interesting. We just don't have a lot of clarity yet on the situation with him. He seems considerably more talented than the starter Alexander Madison. You're going to be in that mix with not only the two of them, but Chandler as well. So we can take a, a deep flyer on him. We can select Ritter by himself. That's a play that we make from time to time. He liked Richardson. I mean, those are really the two quarterbacks that I'm perfectly fine selecting when there's nobody else with them. Which of these two guys?
1: You make the call here on the clock. I would go with the
2: running back, but you take Ritter if you want. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go all in on Anthony Richardson in this draft this one has been crazy. I look forward to reviewing it with you and seeing some of the other moves the other teams made in addition to breaking down our own roster. Leave me with a quick takeaway.
1: What I thought we should do in some of those decisions where we're on the clock, and I know most people draft aren't going to do this for that reason. I think the decisions when we review them will still make sense and how we built the roster, but I thought it would be fun to do things a little bit different than we did when we had some of those kind of tiebreaker situation so i think we have a different roster maybe than we would sometimes have mentioned some of the players we don't usually talk about not that we ignore talking about them but we haven't been drafting them as much so i think both in this draft and when we recap it it's going to give an opportunity to highlight some more players now i'm pretty happy with how the team has played out as a whole you know when we're looking at potentially i know you want to win the regular season part you mentioned the five hundred thousand dollars for that you want to try and be in the mix there but you want to be having a, a chance as well at the extreme upside of things so i think that although we take richardson you know maybe it's a tie we make a bet that you know the the pre here really hots up for him and he's in there very early in the season the one concern is we have gino here with a week five by a week if we don't have richardson in the lineup by week five that's obviously gonna to, to have a zero and the lineup there but sean the last thing we'll do here before we come back for our Wednesday podcast. We do our recap. We'll do a rundown off the actual roster that we finished up with. It is Anthony Richardson, Geno Smith at quarterback. Ramondre Stevenson, Shimaji P. Ryan, Kendry Miller, Chuba Hubbard, Chase Brown, and Dwayne McBride at running back. I think there's a lot of variety there. It's both Bengals wide receivers and Chase and Higgins, then Chris Godwin, JSN, George Pickens. Got a little bit of stick, Sean. Did a live stream, did a best ball draft on draft kings this week and uh, the way I say George Pickens was picked up by a few people to have a, a little bit of fun which I, I really enjoyed over there uh, then we had Branton Cooks, Rishi Rice, TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta and Michael Mayer so I think it's gonna be interesting to break down this draft and do our 2v2s and, and options that we had at some of the turns here when we come back but that will be Wednesday's show Sean mentioned this at the start of the podcast as well if you are playing over at Underdog or you haven't tried it out yet you want to try it out You can use the code ROTOVIZ over at Underdog Fantasy to get yourself a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 while playing over there. That code, once again, is ROTOVIZ. And if you're signing up at rotoviz.com, to get access to the tools and the content on the website, you can use the code RBRADIO2023 to get a 10% discount of a one-year NFL pass. We will be back with the recap show on Wednesday. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast feed. But until we are back, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter add over to Marlon. and my co-host is sean siegel check out sean's work up on rotaviz.com and until next time have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotaviz radio please rate and review the rotaviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotaviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotaviz with a discount through the rotaviz radio homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast